This is hard work. The truth of the matter is where the rubber meets the road in the day-to-day change of what we're doing, it's hard work. That's Mike Ferris of Navis, who joins Carter Dredge of SSM Health. Last year, their organizations formed a strategic value-based care partnership. Here's what leaders from both sides of this initiative have learned so far while working together to try and reinvent the healthcare experience. For part one of this conversation, check out our show notes. The Oliver Wyman Health Podcast is brought to you by the global management consulting firm, Oliver Wyman. Check out our digital healthcare publication called Oliver Wyman Health at health.oliverwyman.com. And follow us on Twitter at OW Health Editor for more on the business of healthcare transformation. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. I'm Bryce Bach, Principal in Oliver Wyman's Health and Life Sciences Practice. We're here for part two of our conversation with Carter Dredge, Senior Vice President and Chief Transformation Officer of SSM Health, and Mike Ferris, Chairman and CEO of Navis. Thank you, gentlemen. Welcome back. Good to be back. Good to be back, Bryce. All right. I'd like to pick up where we left off. Last time we chatted about the imperatives behind your transformation initiative and Uh, the mission driving behind that. And I'd like to dig a little deeper in this part of the discussion around how you're achieving that. What are some of the biggest challenges and opportunities that you're, you know, you're facing with in the places where you're looking to deploy? How are you going after that? So SSM Health, we're in four different states. And those states really are different in terms of their dynamics, in terms of who are the dominant payers in each state is very different how the providers are organized, either into more larger integrated groups versus more smaller independent groups, um, rural versus urban. Um, Just figuring out how to to articulate that business model in location-specific areas, it's a challenge. I would say it's doable because we have a strong overall business model and logic to think through it, but it requires customization. There's appropriate ways to standardize and there's appropriate ways to deviate. The point is we need to understand common processes and baselines to truly get to the ability to change them appropriately. And so that's really what we're trying to do. It's a challenge to say once we can to take the hard work and not skip steps and articulate what the business model is, that's the baseline standardization work that has to happen. Do we have a common view? Do we have a common vernacular? Communication is a challenge because, like I said, everyone's got a different definition of population health. We have regional variation, et cetera. Getting that common lexicon to share what do we mean when we say this is critical, and it takes time. But then second, once we have that common baseline, very appropriately, where do we vary? And those are not – there's not like a checklist – for where, what is appropriate variation that's clean in this kind of strategic context. I'd love to have it. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't it be great? Absolutely. <laughs> so when, when you do that, Bryce, just let me know. Give you a call. <laughs> but, uh, but those are the kind of challenges. But I go back to say, despite the challenges, when you've got teams of like-minded people that take the long view, the colleagues I work with at SSM, they're up for these challenges. They're, this isn't something where, you know, as a team, this is, again, this isn't forced upon us. This is being driven by us. And Laura's all in. And SSM's all in. Navis is all in. 
And when you get people that are committed, that are smart, and that honestly want to do good, honest work, stuff happens. So I'm glass half full kind of guy. Well, um, there's no doubt about that. I like the glass half full. As it relates to challenges, I'll just say this. Look, this is hard work. The truth of the matter is where the rubber meets the road in the day-to-day change of what we're doing, it's hard work. And the hard work comes at that front line of change that we're talking about. Um, and, and so, you know, when, when we think in terms of challenges and opportunities, it, it's hard to assemble all of the disparate constituencies to come to a common point of view at the common time for the common reason and then bring about that alignment that drives the kind of change that we're seeking. If we controlled everything in our ecosystem around us and all we had to worry about was changing ourselves, that's one thing. But there's this underlying sense that, well, what if we do the change and nobody shows up? So it's how do you, I, I've used this word before, I'll use it again, how do we pace and sequence the change? I'll say this, we've got to do things differently, which will bring about growth. And we need to grow. But we also have to do different things. We were very blessed at the time that Navis came into this SSM relationship. Oliver Wyman had done a phenomenal job, I think, in, in educating, informing, thinking, and framing to a source of truth kind of the current state of the health system. So the challenge is oftentimes is getting everybody to kind of see that source of truth, right? Confront it recognize it, kind of cope with that reality, because until we see it, accept it, realize it, and not live in denial, we really won't move at the pace we need to move. Mike, is so true. It's one hurdle to get a senior leadership team on board, right? When you're trying to maintain the core business and thrive and serve those with particular acute needs through the acute care setting while building the innovative new engine Uh, to deliver a different outcome and different experience, um, but also thrive as an organization through pursuit of a new business model. Those agendas are often in high tension with each other, right? Absolutely. Because in many health systems, actually most health systems in most markets are operating under an enormous degree of pressure. You know, most are facing very high margin constraint. And so, you know, as you two lined up the agenda ahead, how do you think about balancing, you know, preserving and allow, you know, not overly cannibalizing the core while sufficiently nurturing and feeding the innovation side of the organization? We have a key set of, of key performance indicators. And many times organizations that are not ready to take this transformation, it's almost like they have like the run the business elements and then they have the, well, here's this side agenda for everything we know we have to eventually change the business. And we said, no, changing the business is our business. And it's true, we gotta keep the lights on, but the KPIs we track every day, we're aligning to our overall value strategy, you better believe it. If someone comes into our hospital, them getting safe, efficient, consumer-friendly, high-quality care works in both worlds, 
There's a lot of work that can get done there. When we're trying to figure out a new problem that requires a new payment kind of business model innovation, we don't do it in a vacuum. We do it with our partners of how can we engage the rest of our operations, the rest of our teams, so that we really have a pretty tight overall agenda. We collaborate, we drive together, it's hard, don't get me wrong. But this is why you need visionary leaders to say, this is where we're headed. And we pick several things that we know we can actually drive cost savings and improvement while we're in that transition. It's hard to overstate this, importance of this, doing the appropriate discovery of where the opportunities are. It's like little, you know, pots of fresh water as you're going through the desert. You know a couple of them are planted, you know, in the right distance to get you there. Um, because I think it's a misnomer for health systems to say, I'm just going to wait until 60% of my business is in risk until I change. Because the reality is if you're any system of any material size, no one is just going to give you that much risk right out of the gate, which means you've got to figure out how to identify problems for specific populations and fix them. For instance, if you're in a Medicare ACO, there are certain things that if you work with a Medicare uh, population, you can do that. So like the people that use the most post-acute resources are typically Medicare beneficiaries. They're also the ones that if you had an aggressive um, post-acute um, palliative care, end-of-life strategy, there's a lot you could do on that Medicare group of patients that your, your, your systems are the same because the majority of the people that use those systems are in that group. And so you just, you continuously try to find ways to solve problems that you can scale in your system that, but just naturally go towards the populations that you have a partner working with. What helps is when we come to the real reality that the risk of doing nothing is actually greater risk. Risk is that word that everybody throws around an awful lot. And you asked the question, Bryce, about um, how do you do this in a way that's responsible and how do you manage the transition? Um, the good news is there are some absolutes that we can focus in on that have application across the entire system that are solid bets. The other thing that helps is in this discovery phase, finding all of those opportunities that are just latent. They're just there. How much value are we leaving on the table with our current contracts, right? What's happening with the attribution of the fact that I have 100,000 Anthem patients, but I'm only getting attribution of 30,000, but yet they're in my system and we're just missing that opportunity? Um, or what about 40% of my business is migrating away from my system? And if I just did blocking and tackling of good fundamental navigation of care, and maintain and retain that care within my system. These are things that allow me to reinvest in the change. So I have to find new sources of value or existing sources of value, monetize those that allow me to reinvest back into this that makes this a responsible thing to do. I'm, not, I'm gonna pick on one thing for a moment here. Yes, we do gaps in care closure, of course we do. Uh, and yes, we do HEDIS measures, and we do all the things we're supposed to do, but show me where the evidence and the, and the literature would tell us that we're really changing the trajectory of the health of a population. And I think we'll find that that's a raging debate. No one's really put any real evidence into the, in, into the market to prove that. Yeah, uh, just makes a ton of sense. I mean, the comments around, you've got to do your diligence 
up front. You've got to frame the risk if you don't move. You've you've got to have a path ahead where you know where the pockets of value are that you're gonna go after and can create an, a funding pool for reinvestment so this innovation becomes self-sustaining. So what if we said the very line of business, if you will, where you don't make money could potentially be one of your most accretive, one of your most profitable lines of business under a completely different model of care, under a different model of reimbursement, under a different model of engagement, so that the senior population, and look, we all know this, right? This is the growing segment, and it's clearly uh, a huge opportunity, and we see it. We see it everywhere we go. This is a very, very hot topic, and I think SSM's no different in the recognition of this particular segment of the population. These people have different needs, right? There's all the things that go into the complexities of the senior population, but the opportunity is there to do some pretty great things. Okay. Tell us a little bit about the capabilities you bring to the table and of what a partnership with Navis looks like. Sure. Thanks, Bryce. I um, would describe it like this. We are a a technology-enabled management services company. And as a technology-enabled management services company that partners in geographic markets with either a health system or a health plan, what we're bringing to the table are capabilities that are in complement and or sit alongside those capabilities that exist within the health system. Let me first say one thing real quick as to what we're not. I think this is really important. We're not the company that's going to come in and displace your people and create what I would call an unhealthy codependence. Um, We are people agnostic. We are an organization that says, can we bring IP, intellectual property, around processes that will accelerate and de-risk your journey to reframing care management? We bring centralized capabilities in what we call our centralized care command center, where we are doing observation and discernment. We bring telephony capabilities to set over the top of field-based resources for doing engagement with members, for doing care coordination, for doing care management, all of those things that have to go on up and down the care team that may be anywhere from a community health worker to a pharmacist to a social worker, et cetera. So we are additive to the care model with our people in support of our client partners' people, and then we add a layer of deep discernment through technology to do that. Our ability also to stand up networks, to take what's already there in the way of providers, but to put networks to a higher level of performance by how we contract with them, how we structure them, how we align incentives, how we create compensation models. This is all what we call enablement. There are six pillars, three of which are what we call operating pillars, where we bring operational capability with people, process, and technology. The other three pillars are what we call enablement pillars. These are the things we do to enable the system to take advantage of those operating pillars. So what do I mean? Standing up those networks, addressing the comp models, dealing with all of the enablement required to create the ecosystem to perform. So it's people, process, technology, and then the enablement of partnering around networks, comp models, uh, and the things that really are critical. How do you think of driving alignment and change down through from top to bottom to the front lines of organizations that have 100 years of inertia in one direction and you're trying to get them to turn you know, 10, 15 degrees, much less 90 degrees? This vision, this narrative, it delivers value to patients. And so if there's one thing that's motivating 
to our front line, you better believe it. It's those best interests of those patients. We have a lot of caregivers that give their all to make sure patients get good care. And so as we can show and articulate that this is not just another fad or a program, that there's real tangible value to patients, they get on board. And they not only get on board, they drive improvement. There is latent opportunity in the front line who are our experts. They're our experts. They know how to do a lot of this stuff way better than we do. We just need to give them a forum that they can see that it's going to translate to a patient. And if we can do that, look out. <laughs> it's going to be hard to, I, I really, I literally can see a day when we will be chasing to catch up with our front line. All right, gentlemen, it's been so great chatting with you today. Uh, I know I'm leaving inspired. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us, Bryce. It's been a pleasure. Likewise, Bryce. Thank you again. The Oliver Wyman Health Podcast is brought to you by the global management consulting firm, Oliver Wyman. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to subscribe so you'll be notified whenever a new episode goes live. For more information, follow us on Twitter at OWHealthEditor and visit our online healthcare publication, Oliver Wyman Health at health.oliverwyman.com. Thanks. We'll see you next time.